You're listening to Finalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is Stephanie. In this episode, we are discussing chapters 16 and 17 of My Youth is Yours, which is a Supercorp fanfic by Lynn Arlington, which you can read over on Archive of Our Own. Spoiler warning, this episode will contain spoilers for My Youth is Yours up through chapter 17. We have covered the earlier chapters of this fanfic on previous episodes of this podcast. So go check those out if you haven't already yet. And, you know, are interested. I'm not going to make you listen to something you don't want to. (laughs) Because I have that power, you know? (laughs) So, Chris, how did you feel about these two chapters of My Youth is Yours? I, I like the chapters a lot. I, I feel the need to issue a disclaimer that uh, the episode of Supergirl covered in Chapter 16, I didn't much care for either. <laughs> right. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as I hated Mr. and Mrs. Mixes Pitalik, because uh, I can't. Like, it's physically impossible for me to dislike something quite that much. But uh, this episode irritated me. I can't remember, did you actually watch this one? No, I have not watched that episode at all. And so we're going to have to rely on Chris a little bit. Uh, But no, since you disliked it so much, I did not I did not watch it. I passed. Yeah, the episode we are talking about is titled Homecoming. It is the episode in which Jeremiah returns. And so little of it made sense to me. (laughs) This is actually something I want to talk about a little bit because I feel like Lynn kind of skipped over a lot of the Jeremiah subplot. Not even subplot. It was the main plot of the episode. The (laughs) Jeremiah plot of the episode. Because there were so many things that didn't make any logical sense. Because, spoiler alert, he was not really working for them. He was still assisting Lillian. And there is a psychic that works there. (laughs) And... Here's the thing. I can accept it if Jean was like, well, I'm not going to read his mind, because why would you do that to your friend? It's invasive. Okay. But as soon as there's suspicion cast on him, wouldn't you think that maybe he'd uh, consider it? <laughs> ah, it just feels like there, there's there's quite a few plot holes into this little subplot, as you wanted to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in this, it's a subplot. Yes. But in the actual episode, main plot, and a little difficult to swallow, it sounds like. So difficult. I just, there were so many things. You were like, okay, but Alex is examining him, and she detects that there's nerve damage, but somehow misses the fact that it's a mechanical arm. Yes, exactly. He is a cyborg, and she somehow missed it. I'm like, what kind of terrible medical equipment are you using? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I suppose there's some sort of, you know, they could easily do like a hand-wavy, science kind of explanation for, oh, there's some sort of technology which makes it seem like it's really human. Or I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> there were just so many things that it's like, don't you think they would at least be a little suspicious or maybe have looked further into this? But mm-hmm. But no, they don't. And then I think later in the episode, John is actually like, hmm, I wondered why I couldn't read his mind or something like that. I was just like, <laughs> you guys, why why not earlier? Why not be like, hmm, your, your suspicions might have some merit here. <laughs> right? I mean, 
I understand them wanting to think the best because they all love this guy, but it just seems reasonable to have some a reasonable amount of kind of like debriefing stuff with him to see if he somehow joined the other side in the over decade he spent with this organization. It just, it feels a little lax. And like the next day they renewed his privileges or something. Yeah. It's like, what? So I, I do have to ask you, my big question, given that I have not seen the original episode, my big question that I had was how did you feel about how Lynn incorporated Lena into casting suspicion onto Jeremiah. Because that was a complaint that I saw a lot from a lot of people. It's like, why did they have Monel be the person who was casting so much doubt on the guy when he'd never really met him before? So how did you feel like adding Lena into the mix? Did it did it help you? What did you think about it? Well, I mean, it's a little bit the same situation in that Lena's never met him either. And the whole idea is like, okay, this person who is unbiased by not wanting Jeremiah back so desperately because not somebody they have any real context for, that makes sense to me. I think the problem I have with the original episode is that it's only Monel who seems cautious about him, and Monel was shown to be a huge dummy. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, okay, all these logical people are totally cool with it, but this. This buffoon is the one who's like, hmm, logic says. And I'm just kind of like, I I don't buy this. So that is certainly improved. I do think that there is also a certain amount of, okay, Lena has known Kara much longer and much deeper than Monel has. She has more context for Jeremiah, just having known Kara longer. So... It's it's less annoying. <laughs> well, and I feel like the way that Lena approaches it, it's less so that she's suspicious of Jeremiah specifically. Her suspicion seems to start more from her knowledge of her mother and the great coincidence that they happen to pick him up and he knows about this bomb and et cetera, et cetera, you know, and, and she being a scientist casting doubt on why would my mother be farming Kara's heat vision for radiation that seems like a very obscure way to get power for a bomb you know so i i felt like Mm -hmm. that seemed logical from the way that lena tends to think right and i guess that's part of what i'm saying too is like monel who has not really been shown to be the most logical person is suddenly (laughs) the most logical one in the room and i'm like i no so that certainly is easier to buy and yes i i also like that scene where Jeremiah tells them, oh, well, they need me to do whatever the thing was. And Lena's kind of like, okay, that doesn't make any sense at all, because my mom is also an evil genius. So why would they need you specifically to do that? That doesn't really make any sense. I knew that it was coming, having Lena involved, because obviously in the original episode, you have Monel being the one who's casting doubt on Jeremiah, and that leads to tension between Monel and Kara. So now in this version, since Lena is the love interest, thank God, she's going to be the one involved in casting doubt on Jeremiah. But I, I thought it, I actually really liked how Lynn wrote the relationshipy stuff in both of these chapters. This is the kind of relationship stuff that I actually really like being angsty relationship stuff, I should say, that I really like being explored on TV shows, which they don't do enough. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and I think the big thing, too, is there can be this drama and angst and anxiety without them breaking up. (laughs) I feel like TV writers don't really quite grasp that. It's like you can have conflict without just immediately breaking up. Because as soon as they break them up, I'm just kind of like, well, the relationship can't quite be that strong then, can it? If it can't survive this. And then I lose interest as a viewer. So I'm like, I don't, I'm I'm not invested in them if they can't make it through this tiny conflict, whatever it is. But I thought this was good because we got, we got them sort of like settling into their relationship in the last chapter where, you know, they're confronted by Mixus Pitlick and they kind of work through some issues of their breakup. Again, I still wonder if there's stuff to go back to with that, but it felt like, you know, they'd, they'd re- come to a new understanding. They felt solidified by the end of that chapter. And this chapter starts with a very cute scene between the two of them in the kitchen, which I thought was sweet. I'm very charmed by how into Lena Kara is in this fanfic. Like, she sees Lena's bare shoulders and she's just like, oh my, scandalized, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Lena's like, you have seen more than this. <laughs> And Kara's just kind of like, so? That doesn't make it any less great. And I'm like, same, Kara, same. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why, uh, speaking of, of Lena's bare shoulders, we've seen quite a bit of that on, on the show in season three recently. And I do kind of wonder if, if Lynn gets to that part of season three in the My Youth is Yours universe, if... Her version of the episode where Kara's in the coma. It's not that Kara was comatose because of her fight from rain. She recovered from that fight. It was Lena's shoulders in the dress. It just knocked her out for about a week. <laughs> she just had a really thorough fainting spell. <laughs> and then she finally manages to wake up. And then Lena wears that dress to the ball and she's down again, you know, for another. Uh, can you blame her? No. No, I cannot. They're, they're they're good dresses. I'm just saying. They 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 really are. If if anybody is not watching season three right now, there there are reasons to watch. <laughs> there are wardrobe reasons to watch and other reasons, but particularly the wardrobe. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, so we have the the very sweet kitchen scene between the two of them. But you know, as soon as Jeremiah returns, there's immediately this sense of uneasiness that set in for me, at least as the reader. I think if you're reading the chapter without the context of seeing the episode, maybe it's not quite as jarring as as if you know kind of what's coming. But since I knew it was coming, it's like, oh no, oh no, what's gonna happen? But I do think even without the context of the show, Lynn does a good job of like throwing them off balance, like off their relationship balance and having that affect you as a reader. And boy, howdy, did it affect you as a reader. I have to tell on you. Shut up. No, no, I have to tell (laughs) on you because you were so hilarious when you were reading this chapter or or more accurately listening to a computer read you this chapter because it was during the workday and you spent that entire workday so anxious, like you were palpably anxious <laughs> all day. And you, like anytime there was a quiet moment, you'd be like, Chris, I'm so nervous. Are they going to be okay? <laughs> yes, they're going to be okay. I don't like it when they fight. But actually, I do like it when they fight. This was a good chapter. <laughs> you weirdo. I do get anxious, but I enjoy being anxious to a certain extent if it turns out okay. <laughs> it was. It was like a giddy anxiety. It was so weird. <laughs> 
But because I feel like in both of these chapters, I felt like I related to Lena very strongly. You know, I've been with my partner for eight and a half years. We don't fight very often, but we have had these big fights a couple of times. And I do really feel like Lynn captured what it's like to be in a fight with somebody you're very committed to. I felt it particularly well captured in the phone call between the two of them. There's a lot of like silence and telling the other person like, I love you. I know that we're upset with each other, but we're still a team, right? Please acknowledge that we're still a team, even though I know we still have this other thing that we need to get through. So I I did feel like Lynn really captured that well for these two. Mm -hmm. Damaged, but not broken. Yes, exactly. Because even though they are in a fight, I felt like we saw some strong signs that Lena was kind of making some progress. You know, she has that moment where she thinks very explicitly, lies have never gone well for them in the past. So I should go ahead and like tell Kara these reservations I'm having about Jeremiah, even though I know it's going to upset her. I appreciated that it seemed like Lena was really trying to kind of learn from past mistakes. Mm -hmm. And... I also appreciate later in the chapter when I can't remember exactly what was happening, but I know Lena considered going and asking Wynn or Monel about something, but she's like, no, Kara wouldn't appreciate if I went behind her back, so I'm not going to do it. She did go behind her back a little bit later to protect her, I'm like, she, but she really tried not to. So good effort, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> you know, progress. It's still progress. Well, that's always the tension, right? You want to respect the relationship that you have with your partner, but you still have that need to protect them, which I think we see from both of them in these chapters is it's like, okay, you are your own person, but I still love you and I want to take care of you. The other relationshipy part of this chapter that I really appreciated was at the very end when Kara was sad because everything had gone spectacularly wrong and Lena was right about Jeremiah and he had betrayed them all. I, I really liked that Lena just went to Kara's apartment to comfort her girlfriend. Like, you need me and I'm here. Like, aww, you too. <sighs> Swoon. They should just be together. <laughs> well, they are, Chris. <laughs> I know, and they, they so clearly should be, and it makes me happy because it's, they're fulfilling their potential. <laughs> and I also want to give a big shout out of appreciation to Kara and Lena for not bringing their fight to the family dinner. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is when couples bring their drama into other people's spaces that are not supposed to be about their drama. I think, I could be wrong, but I think in the original episode, Kara, like, disinvited Monel, I think, and then he showed up anyway. Mm. Is that what happened? It's been so long since I've watched it because I don't care for it. <laughs> I know, I know they make him leave after he shows up, but I can't remember... The conditions of his showing up. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about a lot of things that uh, annoyed me about, about well, the original episode. But So something that made me really happy in this chapter that Lynn wrote is that we are really establishing that Lena has actually been forming relationships, forming friendships with people outside of her relationship with Kara, which is exciting. For for us, the readers, and probably more so for Lena, the fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> she has friends, Chris. She has friends. Plural. She does. And they like her even when Kara's not there, <laughs> which she just seemed really excited about. And I'm like, oh, Lena, <laughs> I feel like you need a hug. <laughs> it feels like she's still figuring out her relationship with Lana. 
since Lana works for her. But Lana's persistent, so good on Lana for, you know, teasing her and trying to get Lena to loosen up. I really actually quite like Lana in in this fanfic. Lana's fun. I keep trying to my like my my perception of what Lana's supposed to look like keeps shifting. I'm like, is is this Smallville Lana? Is this comic book, like current comic book Lana? I can't decide. I picture her with red hair. I don't know if that was established, but in my head, she has red hair. Yeah, it's never been said in in My Youth is Yours, but that is how comic book Lana looks. So I'm probably picturing her from Superwoman. That Yeah, so, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's my context for Lana. That's a good question, though. Hmm. Well, it's just like, since it's a completely different thing, since it's in the TV universe, I'm like... I can't decide if she should look like that or she should look more like Kristen Kruk. Lana has a line in this particular chapter where she's looking at at Kara on TV, Supergirl on TV, and she makes a comment about supers and their jawlines and how they can cut glass and kind of, you know, being like a, ooh, attractive type of comment. And I'm wondering if it was alluding to maybe Lana fancying both guys and gals. I'm wondering this in particular because I also started reading the fanfic that Lynn started writing recently. Lynn, what are you doing? How do you have this much time? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, thank you. But seriously, what are you doing? (laughs) Do you sleep? Because I feel like in in the other fanfic that Lynn is currently writing, Stay the Nights, it is alluded to that maybe uh, Lana likes both guys and gals. She definitely doesn't mind watching some women play basketball. There's also an allusion to her having dated one of Lex's male friends, I believe. Uh, So I don't know. I was curious about that line, especially after reading Stay the Night. I mean, this is possible. I'm also just throwing this out here as another possibility. Is Lana just sort of like acknowledging slash teasing Lena about her relationship with Supergirl? At the very least, she saw Lena with Supergirl and they seemed kind of chummy. So I I don't blame Lana for being like, is there a thing going on between the two of you? What with her good jawline and general buffness? <laughs> <laughs> what? They're, I, I'm in agreement with Lana that supers are attractive. <laughs> Another uh, controversial statement from Chris. <laughs> I also really enjoyed Kara picking up a drunk Lena from the bar after she she had a few too many with the boys. It was pretty cute. Yeah, that was kind of like dreamy Kara when she's, you know, Lena's like, hi. <laughs> and Kara <laughs> just comes and puts her arm around her girlfriend and lets her lean on her. I'm like, aw, you too. I did kind of enjoy, too, that, that Lena was just like propped up against James. <laughs> I feel like James would be good for that, you know? He's very tall. He's and very tall and, like, solid and reliable. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So if she needed somebody to lean against, definitely James, not Wynn. And Monel, psh, no. <laughs> Couldn't count on that guy to stay still, I don't think. I was, I was going to say, Wynn is much less of all three of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> but Kara, Kara's those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also wanted to talk a little bit about the flashbacks that we got in this chapter, one of which I'm not entirely sure. Like, I understand how it applies somewhat, but it was less directly related. And I don't know if maybe Lynn is building to something, but we had that flashback where 
Superman comes and saves Lena and Lex from the angry terrorist types that had stormed their building. What did you make of that one? I don't know. Other than the fact that it is sort of paralleling the stuff that's happening, right, with the... Oh, wait, no, is that the chapter after this with the invasion of the bar? Yep, that's the chapter after this. But I do wonder if that is primarily why it was included, because as Lynn suggested on Tumblr, she had originally thought about posting these two chapters as just one chapter. Oh, that's true. I'm glad she broke it into two. Uh, But we do have in the next chapter where Lena is confronted with somebody with a weapon, and she alludes to, you know, this is not the first time she had a gun pointed at her. So I do wonder if this was included partially to lead up to to that moment. I feel like it's it's in direct response to the conversation that Lena and Lana have when they're having drinks because they talk about how living in Metropolis, like, oh, don't doesn't everybody have a Superman story to tell? Mm-hmm. So right. like this is Lena's Superman story, I guess. Or at least one of them. And then also the added bonus of like reinforcing that Lena really missed Kara when they weren't together. <laughs> Just for a little extra angst. Just for you, Stephanie. Oh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> Stephanie's like, as long as there's also kissing, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's why this this chapter was fine. It started with some smoochies, and then we got some angst. I'm fine. I'm good. And they were okay by the end of it. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad you're okay. Thank you. And then we also have the flashback where Kara is talking to Lena about the 11 virtues. And I think in particular what stands out in that scene is Kara mentions that she scored high on truth when she took her test about the 11 virtues, which is a thing in kind of comic book Superman mythology. Of course, the underlying irony of Kara having to lie about her identity to most people. <sighs> Poor Kara. But I think my favorite flashback of chapter 16 was the one where Lena and Jack are having dinner with Lillian. I'm really enjoying Lynn fleshing out Jack and Lena's relationship in this fanfic. Because mm-hmm. it is, it's kind of what you expect, but also kind of not quite what you expect. Or at least it has been for me thus far, if that makes sense. (laughs) I feel like two moments in that interaction between Jack and Lena and Lillian stood out to me. There was the one where Lillian goes off on aliens generally, and Jack kind of like casts a glance at Lena, like, should I say something? And she just kind of shrugs and is like, it's up to you, buddy, how you (laughs) feel about uh, confronting my mother. I really liked that one. Mm -hmm. And then... I found it interesting, Lena, noting how differently Lillian reacted to Jack versus Kara. Because, you know, you have Jack who expresses pro-alien sentiment, and he still is declared a good match. Whereas it sounds like Lillian and Kara never really got on. It feels very much out of stories that I've heard my, particularly my bisexual friends tell me about bringing home their boyfriends versus their girlfriends, etc. You know, whomever is is more socially acceptable tends to get the warmer welcome from their family. Yeah, I think there's also an element of like social status, mm, social that's true social too, class, yeah. since Jack is, you know, wealthy and uh, um, an entrepreneur. So probably overall more what Lillian had in mind. But to be fair to Kara, she was in college at the time. Like, give her a chance, Lillian. <laughs> And then Lillian says, I don't think so. (laughs) 
you are 20 years old and you haven't formed your own company yet? I guess technically we don't know if Jack... Well, no, I guess he was. He was by that point. But anyway. But still, like, that was his trajectory, whereas Kara's was, was not so much. So again, I just, I'm enjoying how Lynn is fleshing out that relationship between the two of them. And I'm super curious how Ace Reporter is going to go once she gets to that episode material. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am I am looking forward to that one. <laughs> when past and present collide. <laughs> Moving into chapter 17... I found it pretty swoony how Lena handled herself in the attack on the alien bar. I loved that she stepped in front of Wynne because she was not going to cower to one of her mother's thugs. Oh, no. Yes, it is brave and it is stupid. And also it kind of makes sense because they are less likely to shoot Lena because of the Lillian connection. But also but also it is brave and stupid. <laughs> But still a little bit dreamy that Lena was all, you know, I will protect you, tiny man, from this guy, even though I am myself a tiny woman. I was going to say. I will step in front I'm of you protectively. Sure he's still actually uh, not as tiny as Lena, but. This chapter, I think my big question going into it was how Lynn was going to fit Lena into this very Danvers sister centric episode. I actually really liked the way it, it ended up incorporating Lena into it. And it made sense to me because the whole premise of that episode is basically that they are both just too keen to sacrifice themselves both for the greater good and for each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, both in the show and in My Youth is Yours, I feel like the same is true of Lena. <laughs> so, like, they're all just self-sacrificing idiots and I love them. <laughs> And they love each other, and it's nice. And also, they make both me and each other worry. <laughs> you know, Lynn incorporates Lena into the, the attack on the alien bar, which is like the first opportunity Lena has to really use her emergency watch. And so it feels like it just begins the chapter. Well, I, you know, Kara was already a little fragile from the last chapter because she was fighting with her sister. And so, you know, she has to see Lena get threatened and almost killed. And that makes her really upset. And, like, Lena's really upset. But Lena's really trying to hide how upset she is because she knows Kara is, like, more upset. And it just makes me love her so much. <laughs> it's like, okay, but you're upset and have heat vision that will, like, just start going off <laughs> if you get more upset. So we're going to prioritize you right now. <laughs> like, they were upset together. They sort of comforted each other. But definitely we get this sense that Lena is keeping some of her upsetness to herself at least at the at the moment because she knows that this situation could be even more upsetting for Kara because of things that had happened to her in the past and that really reminds me of situations I've been in with my partner I, I know both of us at one point or another have kind of kept more of a stiff upper lip just because we knew the other one was more upset about what was happening so that that piece of it really resonated for me though I do hope that Lena gets to talk to somebody soon about how upset she was just because it's not healthy to keep that all inside Lena but it really got to me when Lena was like in the bathroom by herself and she was thinking about how this particular threat on her life made her so upset because she knows now that she has a lot to lose. I was like, oh, Lena! Right through the heart. <laughs> and that's really what I feel like is the big 
tragic story for Lena Luther in this particular fanfic, right? Is it felt like she had accepted at the end of, of her college career, like she had to give up this big love of her life to doing the things she was expected to do. And like, she was basically committing herself to a life of semi-misery, you know, because it was expected of her. So that Lena's like feeling happy and feels like she has a lot to lose. I'm like, oh, Lena, I love you so much. I just want to give you hugs. It was a conscious decision to sacrifice personal fulfillment for professional fulfillment. But now this whole thing of, like, maybe she can have both. And I have so much hope for her, and I want her to stay happy. Happy ish. <laughs> I feel like that that's the best I can do. You sound like for. a terrible person. <laughs> well, it's not that I, I, I don't, I want her to be all the way happy. I want her to be ecstatically happy, but reasonable expectations reading this fanfic. <laughs> I want her to be happy ish. That's terrible. What? Come on, Chris. I'm just being reasonable. I'm being practical here. Okay. You know there's going to be more nonsense that they're going to have to go through, Chris. I Come know, on. but let me live in denial. <laughs> I'm ah, happy denial. here. Leave me alone. It is a sweet land. <laughs> Full of shoulder-revealing dresses and... <laughs> I was going to say shoulderless... Shoulderless outfits. And belts. <laughs> that's that's your your uh, happy denial land. It's true. <laughs> I don't have, I don't, you know, belts are fine one way or the other. Belts and button downs. That's my territory of denial. Yours is just the, the shoulderless dresses. <laughs> shoulderless outfits and cardigans. <laughs> There's some overlap between our lands of denial is all I'm saying, Chris. <laughs> Sarah Lance is there for some reason. Anyway. Why wouldn't Sarah Lance be there, especially if shoulders are involved? It's true. It's true. This just got real weird. <laughs> so trying to rein our hormones in a little bit, going back to <laughs> going back to this chapter, we, we also, uh, I feel like the another bigger plot point of the chapter is Lena writing shotgun to Alex's banana pants plan to infiltrate Cadmus. I was just happy that Alex had somebody to go with her this time. I mean, didn't Maggie go with her? But then when they got to the actual warehouse, Alex is like, I have to go from here alone. I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> I love no, you. No, I feel but like she told Maggie not to come with her when they were confronting Brian. Brian, yes, thank you. And then was like, no, I need to do this part by myself. It's like, why, Alex? Why? That makes no sense. The sense being that they didn't have Floriana Lima contracted to do that much shooting on that episode. <laughs> like, I mean, possibly. But I was just happy that somebody went with Alex. So I actually felt like a little a little irritated, I guess, at Kara at the end of the chapter where she talked about how she wished Lena would make better decisions. I'm like, but your sister was going to go by herself. Like, <laughs> it wasn't the best decision, but at least Alex had a buddy, Kara. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's it's the whole thing about how they're all self-sacrificing idiots, and they all both love and hate that about the others. <laughs> but one of the great Danvers sisters moments of season two, where Kara is... Again, ridiculously, there's some weird plot choices in, this, in these two episodes. <laughs> Trying to physically push a spaceship down instead of, you know, blowing out some engines or something. I don't know. There's that moment where they touch hands through the glass and Alex is encouraging her. It's a great Danvers sister moment. Mm -hmm. And it was expanded in My Youth is Yours to include Lena. How did you how did you feel 
about that choice. Um, my heart grew three times, or three sizes, or whatever the phrase is. I can't edit this out, whoever is editing. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I loved it a lot. <laughs> I also loved it a lot. It was super sappy, and I was there for it. It also made my heart grow three times the size of it, whatever the phrase is. <laughs> We've both been drinking. Uh, so <laughs> This is later than we usually record. It's just it's the perfect storm of bad ideas. Like like Alex's plan. <laughs> like Alex's plan. But I did really love it. It was cheesy, but I loved it. But it also in in retrospect, I was like, poor freaking Kara. Cause she's already she's been in a fight with her sister. She's seen Lena almost get killed or threatened to be killed twice in the very short amount of time. Now she's having to face the possibility of losing both her beloved sister and her beloved girlfriend, practically spouse. How is Kara just not shaking with anxiety and fear by the end of this chapter? I I just felt so bad for her. I'm like, no, this, I mean, it makes it sweeter, but it also makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was what you liked. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just saying, Kara needs lots of hugs and smoochies, preferably from Lena, but you know, hugs generally from everybody. Smoochies only from Lena. <laughs> Drawing that line. <laughs> so bossy. But it felt like the, I guess there were three flashbacks in this chapter. It feels like these were, the flashbacks in this chapter were primarily like interweaving Lena into Kara mastering her abilities to a certain extent or at least practicing her abilities in in the past so it was kind of i think fortifying this moment where lena was encouraging her i don't know that was that was my take on at least a couple of reasons for two of the flashbacks sounds reasonable i thought the the flashback to lena asking Kara to teach her kryptonian in her dorm room was was pretty cute it was really cute and uh, Kari got a little emotional, which made me all emotional about it. So, I'm actually really eager for them to maybe incorporate incorporate more talking to each other in Kryptonian in current timeline. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. One of my favorite moments, actually, in or in an earlier part of the fanfic, in the the crossover episode part of the fanfic, was when Lena was talking to her in Kryptonian over some comm device shared by the team with Oliver and Barry and everybody when they were over on uh, Earth-1. Lena knew that Kara was upset, so she was using Kryptonium to talk to her privately. I was like, oh, guys. Yes. Be together! <laughs> <laughs> and then they listened to me, eventually. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm actually eager to to maybe have them use that a little bit more. They ha- she's, Lynn has, had, has alluded to Kara speaking Kryptonian to Lena more nowadays, but... I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm waiting for maybe another another fraught moment or, or tender moment or some sort of significant moment where it, it comes into play again in the current timeline. So how did you feel about the self-defense class flashback, Chris? It was cute. I liked it. I'm not super sure what the relevance is yet. Or do you have thoughts on the relevance? It felt like maybe laying the groundwork for the fact that we have seen Lena bust out some self-defense-y type moves mm-hmm. in in the series. I'm thinking particularly of an Ace Reporter, where she 
does battle with the true evil person of the episode. Yeah. So maybe setting up a bit for that. It definitely sort of setting the groundwork for how she wouldn't be completely useless going with Alex on the mission in this chapter. I mean, we clearly had seen her use a gun at this point, so she at least knew that. Mm-hmm. But probably related to that. And I feel like it was also something of an insight into the the, the sexual side of Kara and Lino's relationship. If you've read the companion story to My Youth is Yours, You Cut Through All the Noise, Kara does sort of think about this type of, I don't know, interaction between the two of them, I guess, in their more intimate moments. But here... I think we see foundation for for that. And and I will say, like, while generally I really like the way that Lynn characterizes Kara and Lena, and I feel like it feels like real to how I understand these characters, I do kind of depart from her in this regard, mainly from Kara's perspective, because I feel like because Kara can really hurt Lena, I have difficulty accepting that she would kind of be forceful with her on purpose. But, you know, that's just a a matter of opinion. I have nothing really to back that up, just besides my interpretation of the character. I will say I do think that this flashback specifically does sort of highlight that dynamic between them, where Kara's just really nervous about it, and Lena's like, you know, okay, if you don't trust yourself, trust me that I will let you know, you know, if if you're being... Or if you're losing track of your your own strength or whatever. Right. Trust me that I trust you, (laughs) essentially. That's a good point. I don't know if you were referencing this particular scene, but I do think that this flashback here is a logical follow-up to the flashback that we got earlier in the story where Lena confronts Kara about how whenever Lena's trying to move forward a bit in their relationship, Kara all of a sudden is rushing out of her dorm room as Lena's trying to take off her shirt. And in that one, we see Lena encouraging Kara to like trust in herself. And and like you were saying, I think in general, the flashback just reinforces how Kara will use Lena as like a point of reference for herself. And yeah, that, that Lena knows that she's doing that and trusts that she's paying so much attention that she knows she's not going to hurt her. Oh, there was a big question that came to me as I was reading these two chapters. Where is Lyra? Because she should have entered Wynne's life by now. We've heard Wynne talk about dating in My Youth is Yours in this chapter, and he has not mentioned Lyra. So it got, it got me questioning, is Lynn just going to omit Lyra completely? Given, you know, Wynne's not the main character, it'd be fine if she did, but it just, it had me questioning, oh, wait a minute, Lyra's supposed to be around at this point. Unless she's just saving it for the next chapter. Like, since the storyline itself isn't following Wynn, maybe Wynn has met up with Lyra and, like, the rest of the group will be introduced to her next step chapter or something. Mm-hmm. I actually wouldn't mind if she omitted Lyra, quite frankly. Because mm-hmm. there was that weird, angry stuff that they didn't talk about at all that happens between her and Wynn later in the season. And I'd be fine if she she didn't show up. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> maybe maybe Lynn is going to make Winnell happen. I don't know if that's the ship name, but I do know that people people do out there are shipping uh, or have shipped at least Win and Monel. Is it is it Mon Win? <laughs> I think it might be Mon Win. Is it Mon Win? I like Winnell better. I feel like that that has better flow. But you know, nobody has put me in charge of the ship names, much to my 
chagrin and disappointment. I was going to say consternation, <laughs> but okay. Yes. Consternation is a great way to phrase it. Thank you. Yes. Consternation. <laughs> On the daily, I see these portmanteaus and I just think, why? No, why? <laughs> she gets so mad about it, you guys. <laughs> Stephanie has a lot of feelings. <laughs> I do have a lot of feelings, especially when it comes to ship names. So even though we call our podcast super court focused, uh, I think uh, Stephanie would be much happier if we called it Bezzy Mates focused. Bezzy Mates, Carolina focused. Really? Anything what, but super court really. But Cara and Lena? Like just calling them Cara and Lena or Carolina if you just want to make it one thing. You and I are too old school, you know? We we are back in the day when the slash ruled and it was just the people's names with a slash in between. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was the ship name. I feel like we're off topic. <laughs> As always, we want to say a big thank you to Lynn for her writing efforts and Cassie for her beta-ing efforts. (laughs) Beta-ing. I just like that you said it as if it were two words. (laughs) It's it's that I've had a drink and I want to make sure I don't slur it. Ah. (laughs) So again, if you are, uh, hopefully, if you have listened to this episode, you are reading My Youth Is Yours. But if you haven't... (laughs) You're very confused. (laughs) Go read My Youth Is Yours. Also, give uh, Lynn's recent fanfic, uh, Stay the Night, which is a basketball AU. If, if you have hesitations for that reason, uh, like I did, I'm going to say go ahead and read it anyway, because uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty entertaining. Yes, I've enjoyed the first two chapters. There was some stuff that happened in the second chapter that concerned me a little, but I, I feel like Lynn is, is taking me on a journey, and so I'm going with it. <laughs> so go check those out over on Archive of Our Own. We'll put links to both of those in the show notes for this episode over on our website, AskGenreTV.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at AskGenreTV to find out what other nonsense we're talking about on this podcast. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts for shows like Killjoys and Orphan Black and Lost Girl over on our website, AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. 